Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the second episode of LCP D&D. Last time, well, our uh, special agents got up to a little bit of a uh, little bit of, of a scuffle in a train station where they tried to capture the Baudelaire's. Brian ended up uh, or Thomas, I should say, ended up uh, canoeing the skull of one of the vampires with a bullet. Um, the ritual got off. So, we're uh, we're going to open up back um, where you guys were, um, the surviving Baudelaire's, the, um, Nicolette and Marie have uh, been removed from this train station. You guys are kind of gathering yourself afterwards and yeah, what's your next step? What do you guys want to do? So first thing I want to address is uh, I received some feedback that uh, I did not have a very good character voice and so I'm switching his voice up a little bit and uh, now he will be using more of a... Uh, a Farpoint uh, accent, kind of uh, reminiscent of uh, Boston. Boston. And so, uh, <laughs> and I guess to, to start off here, um, I'd like to check the the train car that uh, they were in and uh, look around for clues. All right. And uh, what do you want to do, Tom? Uh, I I just want to admire Chris from a distance. Admire? <laughs> Roll for admire. I need you to. I need you to add your admire skill onto it and uh, give me an admiration check. Did the guys? Um, so did a policeman haul everybody off already? Yeah, the the ladies have been brought back to the station. It's just us and a dead body now. No, I mean there's a bunch of other cops around and they're shooing out the general public and getting them, you know, out of the building and kind of gathering up other evidence and things like that. And so right now there's a bustle of activity, but the, you're, nobody's currently right next to you. No. I would like to get a vantage point of the city. Um, we're up on a platform, right? Well, right now you guys are down. Um, you guys are down at the bottom of the stairs. That's where you uh, handed off the, so the, the Baudelaire's. So the entrance... The entrance to the train station goes, you know, you go in and you go forward and it goes up the stairs and then there's the platform of the train, right? So it's elevated. Correct. So if I yep. went up on the track and started walking around, would I get a better vantage point of the city? Yeah, definitely. I'd like to do that. Okay. So uh, let's go and deal with uh, with Falk real quick. So Falk, you, uh, you, you approach the train slowly and... Um, you see uh, Jean-Luc's body is laying there. Um, quite a bit of blood has has uh, kind of collected in the area, but it's already starting to coagulate and dry a little bit. Um, and next to his body, you find there is an old sheet of parchment and a small black box with gold writing on it. All right. Well, um, I guess first things first, I want to check uh, the sheet to see if there's... Um 
any written language I might be able to understand on it. All right, what languages do you speak? Uh, let's pull out the handy-dandy character sheet here. <laughs> he speaks Boston. He already said that. <laughs> well, this was me, the player, uh, talking about a character sheet. Um, I don't think Falk knows what a character sheet would be. <laughs> Hold on. Let me see what languages I speak. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I speak uh, Draconic and uh, Common. And then um, I guess I would speak, uh, I got two extra languages other than that. So uh, we'll go with Elvish and uh, maybe Dwaven. Okay. So you don't recognize this language that's on the sheet, but it's a very, it's a very pointed looking language. It's uh, it's definitely, um, the way that it's written is, uh, it's similar to Draconic, but not... Uh, but not close enough that you can decipher anything from it. And the box, the box has the same type of writing on it. It's the exact same uh, language. All right. And um, would I be able to, to roll to see if I even could identify what language it would be? Yeah, you can. Absolutely. Uh, make me a history check, please. So that's 11 plus 2, 13. You're pretty sure that it's abyssal, the language of the lower plains demons things of that nature but you also know not that abyssal, abyssal like the uh, vacuum cleaners <laughs> no not at all sir uh, you um you notice that the uh, black box is it's a it's about it's about a foot and a half long it's coffin shaped and it's got just a bunch of that writing um, and gold leaf inlaid into the writing and the box is currently open and nothing is inside of it you know what? I just realized. Last what? last episode, you said I should give you disadvantage since you're close range, uh, and you didn't, so it doesn't actually matter, but I just realized I'm a pistol expert, so I don't get disadvantage from adjacent enemies. Oh, fair enough. Fun fact. Fun fact. Good to know. Uh, can I check uh, his person? Yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, that would be... Oh, go ahead. I was ju- you don't have to roll for it. So oh, okay. he's got he's got fifteen and marks on him, which are which is the uh, paper currency that's used in the Imperium. He has a set of keys, and um, he's got a a small dagger on his belt, and then his clothes, and that's it. And uh, what um, what kind of clothes does he have? He has a very. They're not bad for for somebody that lives in the confinement. He's uh, he's fairly. I wouldn't say well-dressed, but overdressed in comparison to a lot of people that live in the confinement. He's got on, uh, you know, an older vest with pinstripes. It's uh, it's not well-laundered, but at one point it was a very well-made garment. Um, and then he's just got a cotton shirt under it and then brown slacks. But again, the stitching on the on the clothing is, is fairly high quality, but just not well-laundered. All right. And uh... I'm going to go over to Brian for a second and uh, deal with him while you're thinking of more questions. So, Brian, what are you looking for while you're... Um, so you kind of clamor up. Let's say... How about you clamor on top of the train, probably, eh? That might be your uh, best vantage point. Yeah, and it ups my cool factor. Okay, right on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you clamor up on top of the train. What exactly are you looking for? Like, what? Uh, what's the end goal of... 
trying to get. I just want to see what everything looks like. We there was this crazy rumbling and an earthquake, and he summoned some sort of demon. I just want to know if everything. Everything, everything seems fairly normal, other than the fact that uh, there's lots of carriages on the outside and lots of police officers ushering people around, and you know, there's a lot of people that are uh, that are outside and kind of just gawking, you know, um, looking up at the train station and wondering what the what the hell is going on, but. Other than the fact that that clearly there is this is the aftermath of something going down, you can't tell anything different in the city at all. I'm going to try and jump off this thing. Do I need to do an acrobatics check? I'm going to try and do a backflip. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely do, yes. Oh, can't capitalize it, I don't think. Well, I guess we can move on to Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you you jump down just fine, but you don't backflip. Okay, that's fair. Falk, anything else? Uh, yeah. Um, can I roll an investigation to just kind of look around the the car, see if there's anything I could have missed before I step out? Yeah, go ahead. All right, and that would be eleven plus five, so sixteen. All right. Well, you see that. Uh, that there was, you can find, so you can find where the bullet, um, the kill shot from Brian, um, landed in, on the other side of the train car from the door that you entered in. And realistically though, other than that, there isn't a whole lot to find here. They weren't in here for very long. And so anything else seems like it would have been something left over from, uh, one of the passengers that would have gotten off when the train arrived. If that makes any sense. All right. So, um, yeah, I'll step outside the, the car and um, meet back up with... Uh, it, it is where Tom is, did he do his backflip, like, right next to where I am? Well, he didn't backflip. He just jumped down. But, yeah, he jumped down oh, right next to where down. you're at. All yeah. Right. His right, roll cool. didn't work, so we decided that he didn't backflip at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you just wait, folks. When I buy my physical dice, I'm going to be backflipping everywhere. So I'm kind of hoping now that you guys will, um, in character, kind of talk about what your next move is going to be. All right. So, um, yeah, I checked out the body. Um, you, you got a good shot off on him. And uh, there's a strange uh, black box and, a, and a, a scroll of writing and stuff. And they was everything was written in this old language, uh, abyssal. I can't read it, but, um, but yeah, it's uh, pretty weird. The, the box, it's actually shaped like a fucking coffin. And uh, I have no idea what that means. Um, he did have a, a set of keys, and um, we could probably uh, go and check out his apartment. And um, he also had uh, 15 bucks on him if you want to go and uh, get yourself lunch later. And he hands the 15 bucks over to Tom. <laughs> I have nothing more I want to do here. Okay, so you want to hit up the office before we go to the apartment? Yeah. All right, let's go. All right, so you guys um, exit the station, and um, you talk to one of the one of the officers that showed up and to uh, arrest these vampires for you guys, and you manage to hitch a ride back to the station so you don't have to walk because the train is down currently, and. <laughs> So for right now, that's your only option. It doesn't take that long. Um, 
HQ is downtown. It's a real, it's a large windowed building, which is actually kind of jarring against the skyline because the majority of buildings in Farport um, have. So basically, so people tend to be kind of eccentric in Farport, so they really try hard to make their their architecture fit. Um, their personalities, and so a lot of the neighboring buildings and things like that for their varying businesses often will have, so like the cog manufacturer, you know, his um, his building has sprockets involved, or um, incorporated with the architecture in different ways and things like that, so just this giant stone windowed building in the middle of downtown is kind of a, it's kind of a very noticeable and very jarring um, type thing, but you know, it's where you guys work, and so you head on into FIAHQ, and um, your offices are both next to each other down in the basement. And so, uh, do you guys want to head to your offices first, or what do, you, what do you guys want to do at HQ? Wow, sounds luxurious. You stick us down <laughs> by the pipes. Well, <laughs> hear the toilet flush above uh, us. <laughs> um. Before we get into that, um, does the walk back to the office uh, count as a short rest? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so I'm going to use a hit die. Um, all right, I'll get uh, four of my hit points back. Righteous. Are you hurt at all, Brian? I don't know. I didn't know I had to save that stuff, so I deleted it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought once the fight was over, you reboot. No, not at all. So from now on, when you write that stuff down, please keep it. I only remember losing, like, a couple points of something or other. Yeah, no, you're fine. I know that for a fact. We could just say that you're at full. It's fine. But just for future reference, yeah, you should keep that stuff. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, I'll, I'll go to my office. Um, can I roll to see if, like, I would um, have any sort of information? Like, I, I collect a lot of books. So here's one thing that I do want to mention to you guys, though, too. This is where they would have taken the Baudelaire's that that you mm -hmm. captured. This is where they would have came for processing. So if you want to interrogate them, you can also do that while you are here. All right. Um, would I be able to roll to see if I, I have, like, any information on, uh, say, that, like, vampire all fall there? Are you in, going like, down to your of uh, office right now, then? Yeah, in my office. Okay. So when you actually get down to your office, um, Niles, your secretary, um, who's also Tom's secretary, he works for both of you basically, but Niles is standing there um, and he's got, he's got another officer, looks like a junior agent, who is currently, uh, is currently waiting and Niles looks kind of annoyed with him and uh, the junior agent uh, looks up at you and goes, so I heard you guys are hunting vampires, and from now on this is going to be you, Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, just to set the scene, you're interested in uh, trying to help them pursue um, whatever is going on because you heard, you know, you saw the ground shake, you saw the sky turn black, and you heard that there's vampires involved, and you're interested because that's a good way to make a name for yourself. Because vampires are kind of like the the mafia in Farport. If you, can bring, if you can bring them down, it's gonna you know get you from a junior to maybe a full fledged agent. Okay, gotcha. Hey, fellas, 
What was all that commotion I heard about over down at the train station? Oh, uh, yeah, you heard about that, huh? Uh, well, um... Kind of hard not to. Yeah, we had some... <laughs> yeah, we had some, uh... Some sharp teeth uh, trying to skip town uh, against the uh, orders of the Imperium, you know? And, uh, they got some ritual over on us. Uh, whole, whole sky went dark and all that sort of shit. Had earthquakes, um... It's pretty weird. Ah, uh, damn. Sounds like a fun party. Don't suppose you have a uh, room in one, one room for one more in that? Uh, I, guess. I guess if you think you might be able to help. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, don't be coy now. Just watch and learn. Uh, come with me. I got, I got some stuff in my office I need to to look through. Don't mind if I do. So uh, I take him into the office. Yeah, go ahead and uh, make a roll. Um, let's probably do. Let's call it investigation, maybe. For right. my character? Um, no, for, uh, for, um, Falk. Alright, so, uh, <laughs> 19, um, plus 5, so, uh, yeah, 24. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you know you have a book about that, and so you start, you know, flipping through, uh, different, uh, pages and setting that book down, and nope, 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 grab a different one, nope, nope, and then finally you get to the passage that you're looking for. And you, you know, turn around the book and, and slam it and slam it down on your desk. And inside is a picture of a, of a gentleman with a very, very pale face, very pronounced canine teeth. And under it, it says Strahd von Zarovich. He's got a very regal uh, sort of outfit on him. Um, you could tell that he, he might've been royalty, you know, uh, Four or five hundred years ago, or something like that, and <laughs> basically, what the what the passage talks about, and you already remember this. You don't even have to go any further. As soon as you see the giant picture, the passage talks about a man who wanted desperately to live forever because he felt that that he, you know, he he had more to offer the world, and that he needed to uh, he needed to have an unlimited amount of uh, time on this planet in order to. Uh, in order to fulfill his goals. And the gods decided to curse him. And that curse was vampirism. And basically he was cursed with uh, undeath and with having to, uh, with having to walk the rest of uh, his days feeding on the people that, uh, that he uh, once ruled over. All right. Should I describe the, the office while I'm in here? Yeah, sure. Why not? All right. So, um, yeah, like... Uh, already kind of described it. It's full of books. Like, this is not a very well-kept office. Like, books are just stacked up. Most of them aren't even closed. It's just open books, stacked on open books, stacked on open book. <laughs> and, um, and Falk just kind of remembers where he was at in, like, all these things, like, you know, with pretty quick, uh, you know, going through them and stuff like that. There's also, um, like, a sort of pegboard with a map of the, you know, world map, basically, but also laying over that world map in certain places are sections of like other old maps that are like ancient and they're all like pegged on top of it with also like just tons of thread connecting a bunch of these things and like uh, article clippings everywhere and like a quicker look on like all these little details is um, so much of it has to do with dragons and like old texts about dragons like um, like even myths from you know what would be considered children's books 
and fairy tales in these places mm -hmm. and um and even like you know artist drawings of of dragons everywhere and then um a big sort of not exactly a poster but like a painting of a dragon with uh i want to believe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tristan tristan uh sort of resets his hat, gets it comfortable, and uh, looks around and whistles. I don't suppose there's uh, something you want to tell me about, but with all these dragons all around, do you? Well, let's say, did, uh, did you know that everywhere in this world, people used to believe in dragons until about, you know, a few hundred years ago, it all stopped. Doesn't seem weird to you. Also, there's been whole villages and cities wiped off the map, even in recent memory. And uh, nothing ever written about them, you know, just like they disappeared. Even folks that work here with us. You you hear in the background, um, Niles kind of sighs and goes, now why did you get him started? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, people like to just uh, shrug it off and, and act like it's nothing, but um, there's too many things there. Pause. So, like... Where are you getting all this shit? Like, are you just making stuff up right now? Yes, Brian. <laughs> it's called roleplay. Well, I know, but you're, like, developing Tim's world for him, and that's what's been confusing. That's fine. Me. That's A-OK. -okay. That's what I want you to be doing. How many times do I have to tell you? I don't get it. <laughs> sort of a cooperative uh, development, world development. I think I've said those exact words. And I think I've said those exact words multiple times. God damn it. It bothers me. I don't understand why. I don't understand well, like, how you can be telling a well, story. Well, I at least working. want to give credit where due. I, I didn't come up with a lot of this stuff. Uh, Chris Carter did. <laughs> Here's the thing. You're you got to leave this in, Brian, because this is fucking. Yeah, yeah this is gold. <laughs> Like, I don't understand, like, in telling the story, I feel like you'd have to, you're controlling your story, and then somebody else comes along, and they start writing their own story, and it's just going to get all convoluted and, and messy, and, like, I I don't know why I would even, like, try to write m my own, like, world into this when I don't know where you're going or where Chris is going, and it's like, what's where am I going then? <laughs> like, it just seems confusing to me. My job is to join well, it all together. That's literally what yeah, my job our, our is, story. is to try and weave it together. Okay, but then what am I working towards if if you're just going to, like, hijack my you, story? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Well, that, it's it's collaborative. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, nobody's hijacking anything. Like, you're thinking about it all wrong. Like, you're going about it the complete wrong way because you're trying to... You're trying to say that one person has any ownership. Like, this is all ours. Like, we are all creating this together. And things that you guys develop will be things that will recur and continue to happen in the story because you've developed it. You know what I mean? It's like it's like we're writing a plot for a theatrical film. And we're all contributing to different plot aspects of the story. And we all have to work together to make those plot aspects fit together. Yeah, and like Tim's doing all the stuff that we can't know, possibly, but it's up to you to develop all the stuff that he can't know based off of your personal character. And so, like, you can make up whatever you want with like why you're why Tom is a priest, like how he got to Farport, you know, all this kind of stuff. 
is those are the curveballs that you can throw him and he can throw the curveballs of like you know all the stuff that's going to happen to us at us it just seems so strange and difficult to me because i don't know anything about (laughs) farport so i don't know how i would write my character unless i started making up all this shit about farport and then tim would be like that's exactly what you do and that's what's great is that he then has it's weird because like what if i'm like well farport is this farport is this like weird Hawaiian native land and suddenly he's like what but we're doing cowboys man like and I'm like well like well don't fucking do that then (laughs) like you know the tone that we're running with Brian if you stay with the tone it'll be fine yeah it's like we sort of have a uh, we have a basic framework and then you can you can sort of take smaller deviations within that framework I guess I don't know I'm so so here we go like I'm about to leave my office and walk into yours. This is your chance to to build a whole world that is uh, Tom, Tom DeWeese's <laughs> office and like his his part of this world. So can we unpause now? <laughs> Apparently, we never paused. Game on. Well, you did say pause, and then we okay. So yeah, uh, I walk into uh, Tom's office with uh, the Greenhorn here, Tristan or whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your office look like, Tom? Well, uh, see, I I thought about it a little bit, but I didn't come up with anything because I don't understand why. <laughs> I didn't really understand why offices' appearances mattered to the story. <laughs> um, I mean, it doesn't. You don't have to. We could cut this out, and you could, he could just walk into your office, and you just have a normal ass office. Okay. If I if I if I think of anything, maybe if we ever come back, maybe I'll do it in the next time. But uh, I, I would, if I'm gonna do it, I'd like to do it right. Okay, no problem. Yeah. All right. So yeah, go ahead and um, you walk. So Falk walks into your office, uh, Tom, and you're sitting at your desk uh, looking over some paperwork, and the rookie walks in behind him. Yeah, um. All right, Tom, get this. So uh, that All Father, that um, that that vampire was talking about, in that train. Um, it, it's it, it's this ancient guy. Um, Strahd Vinzorovich. He was like this uh, royalty that that lived a couple hundred years ago. So this guy wanted to live forever, and uh, he he basically like appealed to the gods or some shit, and they turned on him and cursed him, and, and basically made him the first vampire. And like since then, like this curse has lived on to all these unfortunate fucks that got it, and uh, and so. I'm pretty sure they brought this guy back. And, uh, that ain't good. Which god did they appeal to? I need to make a note so that I don't pray to them in the future. <laughs> the book that I can't mentioned. tell you. Um, and they did what to him? They cursed him with, uh, basically all the things that make you a vampire. Having to kill others and drink their blood and, you know, basically being a monster. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds fun. I know some men who would consider that a blessing. And uh, as far as the the god that that did that, uh, I, I can't tell you who they were, but uh, the writing on the the box and and on those uh, scrolls were abyssal. So if we can find somebody that reads that, we might be able to you know get one step closer here. So um, Tristan, you actually are sweet on um, this. Uh, this girl in a different department she she works in linguistics 
and she just has the cutest glasses. Uh, just the the way she wears her glasses and her hair, and you know for a fact though that uh, Junior Agent Patty Jonas speaks Abyssal, and so you guys could probably go and see her if you wanted to bring that up. Oh, Abyssal. Oh yeah. If you need Abyssal, then you can uh, go talk to Patty Jonas down in. The... She knows. She knows some of that. I don't know how much. Maybe she can give you a hand. Oh, sounds good. Lead the way, Green Owen. Uh, <laughs> Tristan chuckles and, and shakes his head. Yeah, I suppose uh, I deserve that one. Uh, name's Tristan. Who are you guys? I'm Special Agent Falk. This is uh, Tom DeWeese. <laughs> <laughs> I will never not laugh at that. Good, because it'll never stop being funny. He's a godly man, so just watch your fucking language around him, all right? <laughs> if you prefer, we could change my name to Tom DePriest. <laughs> oh. It's my Christian name. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, um, you guys make your way through the office building, and, um, you go up a couple flights of stairs, and, uh... You get inside a large, it's an open concept room. There aren't any cubicles or offices like uh, happen in a lot of the areas of the FIA. And instead, it's just a bunch of people with typewriters kind of sharing information in different in different pods instead. So, like, there'll be a bunch of tables kind of facing each other and people talking to each other about different, uh, about different things. It's very noisy. A lot of uh, typewriter sounds going on. Um, the room is just filled with smoke as many of the people in the room are smoking to, are smoking pipes quickly though Tristan uh, sees Patty is uh, off in the corner and she's sipping on a on a cup of coffee and not currently working and she greets you oh uh hi Tristan uh Tristan tips his hat uh, and uh dresses and walks up to her and as a uh Sort of a de- what he what he f- assumes to be a uh, suave fashion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, he sort of uh, reaches up to her and sort of uh, tickles the tickles the the edge of her chin with the, with the edge of his forefinger. Hey, sweet thing, how's it going? How are you doing today? I was wondering if you could help me and my friends here. They have a little bit of a problem. Maybe what's what's what seems to be the issue. So real quick, before we move forward, like, um, as we walk into the room and it becomes clear who Patty is, um, I kind of, like, start to walk slower, and I kind of pull on, on Tom's coat a little bit, and, like, he stops and looks at me, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Uh, I, I made a fucking fool out of myself in front of this broad in a, in a bar a little while ago, <laughs> a couple of years ago. She probably still remembers. Um, maybe you ought to do the talking in this one. You think that's awkward? This is my ex-wife. Ha! <laughs> Take that, Tim, you bastard! <laughs> yes, ending like a motherfucker. <laughs> uh, no worries. I I got you on this one, buddy. Oh, thanks, pal. So yeah, what what can I do for you guys? Give me the box. You got the box, right? I hand him the box. Yeah. Ma'am, do you uh do you understand what this language is? Well, yes, um, I, why is it carved into that box like that? Can you read it? She, uh, grabs the box from you and, um, she says, I, I, I would require 
maybe an hour, I'd have to grab one of my, uh, one of my, uh, books to, you know, remind myself of some of these characters, but yes, I could, I could translate it. An hour for this small inscription? <laughs> I, uh, I, I kind of pull Falk aside, um, uh, and then I, I ask him, first of all, how much time do we have? Secondly, how confidential is this letter? Uh... <laughs> I don't fucking know to either of those questions. I mean, so far, I think we should keep the letter to as, you know, few people as need to know as possible, which is us and, and her. I get that it's great that she can translate this thing, but do we really want her to be seeing this? Do we trust her? I mean, we don't know what's written on here. She's the linguist for the, <laughs> for the agency we work for. <laughs> I don't see why we'd be keeping it from her. We have no better way, no more trustworthy a person to take it to. I'll pray to my, I'll pray to my God. Dear Tim. <laughs> Dear Tim Demuse. Um, I, I open the, I kind of unroll the letter and I, I hold it out in front of her. And I kind of try to stand in front of Falk as he's kind of cowering behind me. Can you, how long would it take you to translate all of this? Um, I mean, I can try and get it done for you faster. I'm just not trying to, you know, set high expectations and then not be able to meet them. It might take as little as a half an hour. I do not know. All right, so I, I just kind of start to slink away and um, kind of start heading towards where, like, the holding cells would be. So, like, as you, um, as you turn and start to walk away, she goes, Hey! Um, excuse me, uh, Mr. S- are you, are oh. you Falk Smolder? Yes, I am. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy, I tried to cover oh, for you. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. Oh. The one and only. So- Hey, aren't you the, um, from the, you know, the, 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 the thing? Yeah, um- <laughs> You still, uh, still think dragons are everywhere? Uh, yeah. Yeah, kind of do. Yep. Oh, okay. Enjoy the basement. <laughs> sure thing. He kind of tips his hat to her. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, this whole time, Tristan was kind of looking back and forth between them as they interacted, and then, uh, shakes his head and throws up his hands <laughs> with confusion <laughs> at their interaction, uh, before, uh, Reaching over and grabbing grabbing Patty's hand and giving it a kiss. Thanks, honey. You're a doll. She kind of blushes. As I'm like as I'm like almost out the door, I do turn around and like be like, you know, there's a lot of unexplained things that have happened, you know. <laughs> and then I just walk out. <laughs> Is that the equivalent of I was in the pool for Costanza? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Just like the ultimate and like, you know, no, you're getting stupid. the last word right before you get out the door. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for listening to another episode of Lost Context D&D. But we'll be returning every other Thursday with another installment of our story. If you uh, enjoyed what you heard, please feel free to follow us or contact us with at the Lost Context on Twitter or at Lost Context Pod C on Instagram, 
or on Facebook at facebook.com slash lostcontextpodcast. We look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. This show takes a lot of effort on our part to record, to write, to voice, and to produce. So if you do enjoy it, please leave a review on iTunes or follow us on Podbean. Um, Stuff like this really, I mean, it helps out a lot if uh, the listeners uh, share it themselves. And so if uh, you do enjoy this and you want to try and help us out and uh, help us gain more listeners and share our podcast with other people, please, by all means, tweet about us or leave those reviews, leave those likes, leave those follows. They help out immensely. Thank you. Hopefully you'll be back to listen to next time. Thanks.